All right, here we go with Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Fiddling with these headphones. I know. Ridiculous. Figure out those headphones, will you? <laughs> okay, just in time. All right, so we have a... Welcome back. Thank you. So we've got uh, Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix doing a news conference yes. at 1230 this afternoon. What do you anticipate? The band's getting back together again. So, yeah, uh, yeah a lot of anticipation. These two, of course... Had daily briefings almost for almost a year, uh, then down to three a week, then two a week, then one a week. Now we haven't seen them for a while. So there's a lot of anticipation and interest in this. So what we're going to hear today from Dr. Henry and Mr. Dix is the release of the vaccination rates for health professionals outside of hospitals. So these, and they're going to show that chiropractor, as expected, chiropractors and naturopaths and traditional Chinese medicine practitioners have the lowest vaccination rates of the health professions. I think the numbers for dentists are going to be higher than a lot of people had, had perhaps had supposed. Uh, but we're going to get a, a b- bunch of data related to that. Also, um, an update on the third dose uh, pace of vaccination, which is not as robust as it should be because, there's again, there's waning immunity for people, particularly if you're older. You need your third dose, and you can't get a fourth dose unless you get a third dose. So we're going to get some numbers related to that in terms of where we are with the third dose and fourth dose. Uh, and the the urgency is for people to get your third dose because, again, um, you run the risk of infection, uh, much greater uh, much greater risk of infection if you don't have that third dose. Okay, the vaccine rates for healthcare professionals, I think, is very interesting, and it's going to be intriguing to see what some of those numbers are. So what is the overall provincial number vaccination rate? Like oh, mid-90s or something? Well, yeah, low low 90%. So I haven't got yeah. the lay. I think it's 94% uh, first dose, 90 And do you anticipate that naturopaths, chiropractors, you mentioned Chinese traditional mm-hmm. medicine, you anticipate that the vaccination rate will be significantly under than that? Oh, I think substantially lower yeah. than that. Yeah. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of healthcare professions out there that are not captured by the vaccine mandate. If you work in a hospital or an acute care setting, you it's a conditional employment. You have to be vaccinated, double-dosed at least. Uh, that doesn't apply to practitioners who work in their own offices, for example. Like dentists. Like dentists. Dental hygienists. Like naturopaths. Yeah. Like, so I anticipate a lot of healthcare professions are going to have very high vaccine rates, vaccination rates, but there's going to be a number of professions who are going to have lower. And we've seen that. We saw early in the pandemic the chiropractors having a meeting, uh, trying to pass a motion, I believe, to sort of against vaccinations. So that's one profession that will probably come in with low numbers today. So we're going to get that at 1230 uh, today. Right. And this is all part of the Bonnie Henry saying that patients should have the right to know if their healthcare practitioners mm-hmm. are vaccinated or not. So we're only going to get percentages for these broad categories of professionals, right? What about the patients? How are the patients going to know if their chiropractor is yeah. vaccinated or not? I mean, I'm not sure we're going to get that information today. I know uh, it's been a couple of proposals have been kicked around. You post it on a website, yeah. or it's incumbent upon the practitioner to tell the patient what their vaccination status is. I'm not sure what where they finally settled on what the answer is. I think there had been a, a feeling that it was not probably the best thing to post individual vaccination rates uh, publicly. So you won't be able to, it won't be like a public database I, I where you could look it up. I doubt it. 
Um, yeah. We're going to get that information today. I think it's going to be more. Uh, you have the right as a patient to ask the practitioner, and they must, and they must tell you, and they must tell you. Yeah, and maybe they show proof. I'm not sure. Um, mm. Not sure. We're going to get the answer to that today. We are going to get the numbers though, in terms of what the percentages are for vaccination rates for healthcare professionals. Okay, that's coming up at 12:30 mm-hmm. this afternoon. I talked earlier with Kevin Falcon, the Liberal leader, today about gas prices going through the roof again. So here we go again. Record highs again, $2.22 a liter for gas. Are you kidding me? This is huge. I'm, I'm driving around on an empty tank. I'm, I'm <laughs> dreading going to the pump sometime today or tomorrow. Oh, it's brutal. This is hitting a lot of people. Now, one of the things that, you know, Falk, I mean, this is low-hanging fruit for the liberals oh, yeah. bashing the government about gas prices. But I tried to pin him down this morning on precisely what he's asking the government to do in terms of cutting gas taxes. Here's what he had to say to me, then I'll get your thoughts. Okay, bottom line it for me here. You said that in Alberta they cut the gas tax there, but what was it, 13 cents a liter in Alberta they cut? Okay, so you're saying they should do the same here. Is that right? I want to make sure I got you clearly on the record here. Is that what you're saying they should do here? Yes, I think during these extraordinarily challenging times right now, providing a temporary tax holiday for those Mm -hmm. folks that are most impacted would not be a bad decision to consider. Okay, temporary tax holiday. A decision to consider. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so temporary. I mean, it's certainly, I think that's going to uh, score some points with a lot of drivers out there. This isn't, he's not calling for a permanent tax reduction. So I'll walk you through the, the taxes again. 18.5 cents a liter goes to TransLink. That's not going to be touched. You're not going to start messing with funding TransLink because that's transit and buses and SkyTrain. Um, but you've got 11 cents for the carbon tax. You've got, I think, about 9 cents for the provincial excise tax. There's 17 cents, according to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, 17 cents is for this fuel standard regulation, which requires gas, uh, gasoline companies basically to refine their product to a more uh, ecologically beneficial uh, product, right. which adds cost to it. Yeah. Then you've got the federal government has a number of GST and a federal excise tax. So... The feds are part of this as well, but it's interesting right now the focus is on the provincial governments to relax their taxation. So there is room to move for the B.C. government, no question. They've got about at least 20 cents a liter uh, tied up in provincial taxation. And it's interesting, Falcon's not calling for a permanent erasure of this taxes, but just a temporary one. Same as Alberta. It's temporary in Alberta as well. So again, Alberta got rid of the 13 cents. The first couple days... There was a few gas stations in southern Alberta that jacked up their price to replace the 13 cents. And there was a concern, oh, this is what's going to happen across the board. I haven't heard that happening anywhere else. So it's interesting if Alberta has been able to remove the 13 cents without seeing a corresponding rise in prices, which is what the the government here in BC is arguing. Well, if you get rid of the taxes, the gas companies are just going to they'll just gouge you. They'll They'll just gouge gouge you. They'll replace if you take 20 percent, 20 cents a liter off the pump. Uh, price of the pump by getting rid of taxes, the gas company will just put that twenty cents back on as their as their price. Um, it's an argument, but it's interesting. I think the pressure is building on the government to do something. Yeah, and at the federal level, there's pressure as well. Let me play a clip here for you from Conservative uh, leadership candidate Pierre Polyev, and here he is in a video he released yesterday, calling on the tr- uh, the Trudeau government to do something about gas prices. And here's what he says he would do. Have a listen to this. I'll also legalize the export of Canadian energy off the northwest coast of British Columbia so that we can feed the energy-hungry Asian markets who desperately want to buy this energy from us. I'll also ban the importation of foreign overseas oil, mostly off the Atlantic coast, so that we can replace it with Canadian-produced oil from Newfoundland.
I thought it was interesting there that he talked about legalizing oil tankers off the north coast of BC. Yeah, so right now there's going to be LNG tankers going off. Anyways, that's where the energy that's coming out of uh, out of uh, Canada is going to flow. It's not it's not oil. But if he wants to play that card, it's interesting. I'm not sure it's going to fly very well in British. Columbia. Do you think it's a good political talking point for him or the Conservatives generally? I mean, I think it is when you people are getting hammered at the gas pump. Well, it's good in Alberta. When you start talking about putting super tankers off the northwest coast of BC, that changes the debate a bit. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think, I, Paul Leif continues to play to, to Alberta, uh, sentiments rather than, I think, um, the, the wider audience. Again, he's trying to win a, a conservative leadership race. He's not trying to be prime minister right now. That's a different argument and a different population base. This thing is getting really nasty, like you predicted earlier in the show. That this Nastiest really leadership nasty. race I've ever seen. I've yeah. covered a lot of them. That that blow up last week between him and Sheree, and also yeah. other candidates as well, um, is again, it begs the question, can the Conservatives actually survive this leadership right. race or do they fracture at, uh, post-leadership? All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. There are lots of them. Dale in Richmond. Hi, Dale. Go ahead. Hey, Keith and Mike, thanks for uh, having me on. So I just want to know what you guys' comment is on the um, 12% efficacy um, rate that has come out on the Pfizer documents. Um, if, it's, if it's only 12%. No, 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 no. So already those documents are being questioned. So don't buy into the conspiracy theories. No, I, I, and I'm not buying into it. I'm just, I'm just asking if it's, not, if it's not Pfizer that's released those, who's released them? I don't, I'm not sure, but uh, this has sort of become an internet meme of uh, challenging the fight. What, what is the Pfizer? argument that the, the efficacy of the vaccine is not as high as originally claimed? Is that what people are saying? Well, not only as high as people claim, but basically almost zero, uh, which is nonsense. I mean, you can still get you can still get COVID after you're fully vaccinated. We yes, all know we're that. Ta- we're talking about percentages here. So your your chance of getting COVID if you're triple vaxxed is much, 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 much lower than if you're unvaccinated. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, again, it's a, it's a bit of a numbers game. It, again, keep in mind, when you get vaccinated, it's not 100%. No vaccine is 100%. Never has Nobody been. said it was a, you know, it no. turns you into Superman and you never get no. sick again. So there's this thing going on that Pfizer suddenly is, is internal documents suggest it's, it absolutely has almost zero impact, which is complete nonsense. Let's go to uh, Rob and Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Good morning, Mike. Uh, as for the gas tax, John Horgan, you know, the man talks the game. He talks a good game. You know what it comes down to? They love these high gas prices. They absolutely love it. It's money in the provincial government's coffers. It comes down to that. But they need to cut the taxes, uh, that fuel standard tax. And most of all, what they need to get rid of, as far as I'm concerned, is the carbon tax. Because it's an absolute farce. It's a money grab. And if you look at their history, uh, it actually goes back to the Liberals too. But during the NDP's time in office, Greenhouse gases have done nothing but gone straight up. The carbon tax yeah. is a farce, and they need mm-hmm. to get they're, rid they'll of never it. Get, they'll never get rid of the carbon tax. I mean, both parties, all those parties support well, carbon the, tax. The federal now. government has the carbon. I mean, our carbon tax would be replaced by the federal carbon yeah, tax. Yeah, even if instantly. you got rid of it. Even if you got rid of it. So it's, yeah. that's kind of a non-starter. The caller talked about the fuel standard regulation, yes. which is a, which is much more expensive than the carbon tax. I think it's 17 cents a liter. So that's the one that requires... Uh, fuel sold in British Columbia to have a, a lower carbon intensity. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, and, that, and again, BC's not alone in that. Other yeah. provinces have similar rules. But it so costs money. 
it costs money to uh, to change the the makeup of of the gasoline. So, but there's also the provincial excise tax. Um, I don't think they're going to monkey with the uh, TransLink tax, eighteen point five cents. You, I mean, TransLink needs money, but there is some elbow room there for the government. Yeah. And as Falcon points out, is it, if it's temporary re- relief until these gas prices come under control, that's a different argument than one hundred than getting rid of it permanently. Mike and Langley, hi, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, do we have the actual number of people in hospital, like the vaccinated that are vaccinated and unvaccinated? Because everyone I know, like all my friends that are getting really sick are vaccinated. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not for or against either way, but I'm just like, I can't find or haven't heard the actual number of people that are in hospital right now that are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. You know, Keith? Yeah, so if you go to the Center for Disease Control website, and I wish the Center for Disease Control would release more data on a timely basis and what they're doing, because it is frustrating to find out this information. So if you look at, you go to the Center for Disease Control website, you have to do a bit of navigation to find these statistics. There are uh, weekly reports, and there's also modeling and updates that show the percentages of people who are vaccinated, who are in hospital, number of people who are, who die. Uh, who are unvaccinated. Uh, so the information is there. Uh, but again, the risk of going into hospital is far greater, significantly greater. I think it's 30 times the risk for people who are unvaccinated versus people who are vaccinated. There are people in hospital and there are people who die who are vaccinated, generally over the age of 70 or 80 with underlying health conditions. People who are in their 40s who are vaccinated or their 50s or 20s and 30s are generally low risk to go into hospital. Let's go to Steve on the line in Vancouver. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Best half hour of the day on the Mighty Top Dog. Hey. Um, question. Do I understand this correctly, that the GST is applied after the gas and all the other taxes? And if so, wouldn't it save a few cents to apply the GST on just the product like the other taxes? You know, that's a good question. I honestly, that's, that's no, I believe that I believe the GST is tax on tax. I think it's tax on tax yeah. is my understanding. Yeah. Um, but, That's uh, the sour cherry on top of the cake here. <laughs> yeah, they charge you the tax on the tax. And again, you know, there's an argument here. Should the federal government step in and relax some of their taxation measures uh, rather yeah. than just the province? Because it's not just, I mean, BC has the highest gases prices in North America right now, uh, at least in the States and, 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 and Canada. But other cities are also experiencing climbs as well. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. You have 30 seconds. Yeah, just quickly, like uh, go back to that seventeen sec- cents to upgrade. Uh, you said it costs money to upgrade the gas. I mean, the company would have upgrade that gas to make it better. Why are we paying for? It? Why are we subsidizing it? That should be talked about way before the carbon tax. I mean, we all hammer the carbon tax and talk about that eleven cents. Twenty this seconds. Is the first time I heard about the seventeen cents. Yeah, this is an issue that's raised by the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. It's one the government doesn't necessarily agree with that it's not part of the component of uh, the the tax price structure, which is why I left it out of my report on Global Last Night. I'm still going with the 55 cents a liter is the tax rate right now for both provincial and federal governments. Thank you, Keith. Talk tomorrow. All right, that's Keith Baldry. That was Baldry's Beat. Thanks for all your calls. Phone the buzz line if you didn't get through. 604-331-BUZZ. When we come back, fears of a recession building. We'll talk about that next.